Listening Dog Media. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Muddy Knees Media. Hello, and a warm welcome to the off side rule. It's myself, Kate Borsay, and we're going to seltzer our way through the show today. Mystified, all will be revealed. Alongside me, you might want to think of them as the condiments of our lineup. First up, I must ask her about being royally connected this week. It's Lindsay Hooper, and she might be my favourite guest, don't tell anyone though. And also, don't ask her about the Oxford match, which she didn't make. It's Robin Cowan. I'm still sad. So sad. Tell us about Oxford, and I need to pick up with you, Lindsay Hooper, on a prince, a princess, someone royally connected. We'll find out in a sec. Uh, Robin Cowan. Well, as you know, as a freelancer, we've all been there. You get very paranoid and you just say yes to everything, don't you? So I agreed to go to Birmingham against Coventry City, which was a fantastic FA Cup tie as well. This is the St Andrews derby. Exactly, yes. yes. Tenants versus landlords. Yes. And it was excellent, a really good cup tie. But my beloved Oxford United were playing at the same time. I thought it may be moved to Wednesday for telly, Ooh. but it was moved to Tuesday. And this is going to sound so unprofessional, but I was trying to watch it as well <laughs> <laughs> on my phone. Don't tell I, anyone at St I was Andrews. chatting to your manager yesterday as well as well as royalty oh he was chatting to royalty oh yes all around the that table fantastic what happened to you Lindsay hooper this week so there is a launch of the heads up campaign it's all to start a a bigger conversation around mental health over the next two weekends in the premier league if you're at a match at a stadium up and down the country in the efl as well you will see much more about this lots of lots of the campaign being ran but it was launched by Prince William, Duke of Cambridge, who also, of course, happens to be the president of the Football Association. And an Aston Villa fan. Aston Villa fan. Uh, no surprise that John McGinn was there. He was having a bit of a laugh with him about Villa. He wore his Villa colours as Ooh. well. And he was playing table football with a lot of different people from foundations, from clubs. Did you get him? I mean, I know how competitive <laughs> Lindsay Hooper is. And I would okay. suggest <laughs> that you up against Prince Will's. I wasn't table allowed to get your elbows out. I wasn't allowed to play. I had to stay in the reporter box. <laughs> Probably but, a good job, to be honest. No, well, what, what happened, and you would have been really laughing, because when it reached the semi-final stage, they needed someone to step in because someone had gone, Ooh. and there weren't many people around. And so you were doing, pick me, pick me, pick I actually, me. I think I did say, I could, and then I thought, no, 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 I must step back because these people all want to play. Um, <laughs> so I didn't get to do it. I was really tempted. I got so close to, to the games that Prince William was watching, and I'd never thought, wow, I'm this close to the future King of England. I know this is weird, but could you smell him? I tried. <laughs> Should I be saying that? <laughs> oh no, someone's going to come and arrest me. I tried to smell the kids. I just, I just, if I was going to get that close but not be close enough for engagement or it not be appropriate, I think I would have to take something away and the smell might be the thing that I'd want to take what away. What does Prince William smell like? 
if anyone's got any ideas, please let us know. And we've also got some excellent show-related news, haven't we, Lindsay? We have. We've been overwhelmed this week. We had such a response. So for anyone who listens to our WSL edition on a Monday, uh, where we talk about women's football and everything that's gone on that week, providing analysis, getting guests on, we had to announce on Monday, and I know, Robin, that you listen, we had to announce that we were putting the show on pause because we, we couldn't find a sponsor for that show. And... What has been a whirlwind week has seen flooded messages come in of support, people wanting to help, and we've been rescued. We have. We've been also massively blown away by the support from listeners and from just the wider football community on Twitter and everywhere else. And Football Manager have come in, and although they don't do kind of a women's version of their game, they are looking at it and it's something that they want to do and they feel like it's an area that they should be getting involved in. And I think... Well done to them because there's no, perhaps not a lot of commercial sense behind this for them. Well, there's no immediate gain. No, exactly. There's no immediate gain Other for than them. they get to be an early stakeholder, they get to support something good that's going on and hopefully be able to drive their product towards women's football as well. So, you know, I think for anyone working in women's football or thinking of doing anything with women's football, look at this week as a great example. We really didn't expect to be rescued up until the end of the season like we have done. And I think it just shows how women's football sort of touching people's hearts and making people feel responsible for actually trying to maintain and then grow interest so sorry to get on my soapbox there but I, I just think it's that, that, that you know this has been a, a, a like a humbling and amazing lesson for us and for women's football as a whole so thank you to football manager Mars Jacobson and everyone all of our listeners for helping us do that yeah it was everyone it was a collective effort to get that over the line and we will be back on Monday so no break it means that we can go straight in with another podcast on Monday so please do check it out if you haven't yet the WSL edition um, which will be coming your way next week yes it certainly will well let's get into today's show then and coming up we're going to be joined later by Emily Elias from Desert Island Dips which is a yes, podcast dips. hence all the condiment it. puns and there's more to come to tell us and this is slightly off the wall but this is what we do here at the Offside Rule uh, to tell us why football and dips are related well your guess is as good as ours right now we are also inspired by David Beckham and Miami going to be building our very own football stadiums what is a must at robin cowan fc and a reminder we're on jack radio every friday at four o'clock but first saw you couldn't leave thank you producer abby for that one it's oh, uh, abby. a slightly poor one <laughs> oh, but there we go I think there's a better one coming as well well Stay the transfer tuned. window girls uh, slammed shut last week other cliches are available any other transfer window closing cliches for me no, I don't like to That's do them the anymore. One, We've had it? them knocked out of us, Robin and I. Beaten out of us. I've been stood <laughs> off here on the show for that one. Uh, not everyone got what they wanted out of the window, did they? Christian Eriksen did, though. But I want to focus on those players who didn't quite find a way from one club to the other, from those priced out of the market to those bargain basement ballers left on the reduced shelves in football supermarkets forever. Ouch. <laughs> Lindsay Hooper. Uh, let's start then with uh, with a player that is every single transfer window supposedly leaving this club. Okay. The club is Crystal Palace. The player is Wilfred Zahar. Of course. He's just changed agent, which would in- infer that maybe, although they've hung-, hung on to him for the rest of this season, that the summer is going to be an interesting time. I would imagine that they're getting their ducks in a row for that. This is a player that has now publicly said he wants out... He's knuckled down and got on with things at Crystal Palace, but he he is wanting to move on. And the main thing that he's spoken about is he wants European football. And really, as one of the, if not the best winger in the Premier League, deserves it. So you can see why I think Chris Wilder's another another manager that's come out this week praising Wilfred Zahar and the way that he plays. So Steve Parrish could get big bucks in the summer. It hasn't happened in January. He's staying put. Uh, I spoke to Andros Townsend yesterday at this Heads Up campaign about this very issue. And he, he said, we laugh because every single transfer window he is spoken about mm. and everyone says does it disrupt the dressing room well you know what no it doesn't because we're so used to it and Wolf is such a great guy and he, the one thing that I have in, in bucket loads for him is the respect that when things don't happen for him he still gets on and he plays football and he, and he manages to, to do well I think there was a few issues wasn't there at the start of the season wasn't there because he was so disappointed I think it was Everton wasn't it they yeah. ended up getting Alex Awobi it's interesting that you say it just happens every single time so they're just used to it, but it must be exhausting. 
Yes, it definitely must play Especially on your mind. Especially for Roy Hodgson. He's asked every single yes, press conference, totally. basically. <laughs> and also, he's clearly an ambitious player who wants to get on. So who's blocking this? Is it a financial thing? Is it that, that the right club hasn't come yeah, in Yeah, but you can't yet? have short memories. Crystal Palace, his boyhood club, they came back to rescue him when it didn't it work did, out at Man fair. United. And so I have a, an element of sympathy for them too. You want to hold on to that sort of player as long as you can. They're probably coming towards the end. Yeah. Mm. Um, Olivier Giroud is a great example of this topic he's the one that we thought of first obviously um football's worst kept secret how much he wants to not be at Chelsea right now not played for the club since November Lampard well he he seemingly didn't want to let him go in January which is a bit odd almost like he's trying to teach him a very expensive lesson but for me you know if he's not playing for your side just get rid of him take the money get rid and it's almost from what Frank Lampard said and it's kind of words like that he supports Ollie as he calls him but there has to be a balance between the personalities in his side and the different options everyone can offer and that to me feels a bit guarded. Robin um, we asked you to have a look lower down the leagues actually if you've got a few to come up with. Yeah, well, there was a couple, especially uh, speaking about Crystal Palace earlier on, and this one didn't go through right at the 11th hour. Nathan Ferguson, a really highly rated fullback from West Bromwich Albion, he failed his medical actually because he does need knee surgery. It's right. not something that's going to be long term, but he does need it. And the Palace medical staff clearly felt that actually we're not going to go for this in January, even though I think the reports were that West Brom said that they would actually lower the, the price. Yeah. Crystal Palace lost Aaron Wan-Bissaka, didn't they, in the summer? They need a new fullback. And actually, the fallout from this is that there's been loads of reports over this last week that Roy Hodgson is really not happy and is considering yeah. his position and he may not be there next season, which would be a massive shame because he's done an incredible yeah. job um, at Crystal Palace. One from me, uh, from Oxford United, Will Grigg. So we... Uh, oh, I, I'm Will Grigg, such a knees. Media. Hello, and a warm welcome to the Offside Rule. It's myself, Kate Borsay, and we're going to salsa our way through the show today. Mystified, all will be revealed. Alongside me, you might want to think of them as the condiments of our lineup. First up, I must ask her about being royally connected this week. It's Lindsay Hooper, and she might be my favourite guest, don't tell anyone though. And also, don't ask her about the Oxford match, which she didn't make. It's Robin Cowan. I'm still sad. So oh. sad. Tell us about Oxford, and I need to pick up with you, Lindsay Hooper, on a prince, a princess, someone royally connected. We'll find out in a sec. Uh, Robin Cowan. Well, as you know, as a freelancer, we've all been there. You get very paranoid and you just say yes to everything, don't you? So I agreed to go to Birmingham against Coventry City, which was a fantastic FA Cup tie as well. This is the St Andrews derby. Exactly. Yes. yes. Tenants versus landlords. Yes. And it was excellent. A really good cup tie. But my beloved Oxford United were playing at the same time. I thought it may be moved to Wednesday for telly, Ooh. but it was moved to Tuesday. And this is going to sound so unprofessional, but I was trying to watch it as well <laughs> on my phone. Don't tell I, anyone at St I was Andrews. chatting to your man yesterday as well as well as royalty oh he wow. was chatting to royalty oh yes all around the that yeah. table fantastic yeah. what happened to you Lindsay Hooper this week so there is a launch of the heads up campaign it's all to start a, a bigger conversation around mental health over the next two weekends in the Premier League if you're at a match at a stadium up and down the country in the EFL as well you will see much more about this lots of lots of the campaign being ran but it was launched by Prince William, Duke of Cambridge, who also, of course, happens to be the president of the Football Association. And an Aston Villa fan. Aston Villa fan. Uh, no surprise that John McGinn was there. He was having a bit of a laugh with him about Villa. He wore his Villa colours as Ooh. well. And he was playing table football with a lot of different people from foundations, from clubs. Did you get him? I mean, I know how competitive <laughs> Lindsay Hooper is. And I would okay. suggest <laughs> that you up against Prince Will's. I was allowed to you get your elbows out. I wasn't allowed to play. I had to stay in the reporter box. <laughs> Probably but, a good job, to be honest. No, well, what, what happened, and you would have been really laughing, because when it reached the semi-final stage, they needed someone to step in because someone had gone... Ooh. And there weren't many people around. And so you were doing, pick me, pick me, pick I actually, me. I think I did say I could. And then I thought, no, 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 I must step back because these people all want to play. Um, <laughs> so I didn't get to do it. I was really tempted. I got so close to, to the games that Prince William was watching and I'd never thought, wow, I'm this close to the future King of England. I know this is weird, but could you smell him? I tried. <laughs> 
<laughs> Should I be saying that? Oh no, someone's going to come and arrest me. I tried to smell the kids. I just, I just, if I was going to get that close but not be close enough for engagement or it not be appropriate, I think I would have to take something away and the smell might be the thing that I'd want to take what away. What does Prince William smell like? If anyone's got any ideas, please let us know. And we've also got some excellent show-related news, haven't we, Lindsay? We have. We've been overwhelmed this week. We had such a response. So for anyone who listens to our WSL edition on a Monday, uh, where we talk about women's football and everything that's gone on that week, providing analysis, getting guests on, we had to announce on Monday, and I know, Robin, that you listen, we had to announce that we were putting the show on pause because we, we couldn't find a sponsor for that show. And... What has been a whirlwind week has seen flooded messages come in of support, people wanting to help, and we've been rescued. We have. We've been also massively blown away by the support from listeners and from just the wider football community on Twitter and everywhere else. And Football Manager have come in, and although they don't do kind of a women's version of their game, they are looking at it and it's something that they want to do and they feel like it's an area that they should be getting involved in. And I think... Well done to them because there's no, perhaps not a lot of commercial sense behind this for them. Well, there's no immediate gain. No, exactly. There's no immediate gain. Other for than them. they get to be an early stakeholder, they get to support something good that's going on and hopefully be able to drive their product towards women's football as well. So, you know, I think for anyone working in women's football or thinking of doing anything with women's football, look at this week as a great example. We really didn't expect to be rescued up until the end of the season like we have done. And I think it just shows how. How women's football is sort of touching people's hearts and making people feel responsible for actually trying to maintain and then grow interest. So, sorry to get on my soapbox there, but I, I just think it's that, that, that you know this has been a, a, a like a humbling and amazing lesson for us and for women's football as a whole. So, thank you to Football Manager Mars Jacobson and everyone, all of our listeners, for helping us do that. Yeah, it was everyone. It was a collective effort to get that over the line, and we will be back on Monday. So, no break. It means that we can go straight in with another podcast on Monday. So please do check it out if you haven't yet, the WSL edition, um, which will be coming your way next week. Yes, it certainly will. Well, let's get into today's show then. And coming up, we're going to be joined later by Emily Elias from Desert Island Dips, which is a yes, podcast. Dips. Hence all the condiment it. puns. And there's more to come to tell us. And this is slightly off the wall, but this is what we do here at the Offside Rule, uh, to tell us why football and dips are related. Well, your guess is as good as ours right now. We are also inspired by David Beckham and Miami, going to be building our very own football stadiums. What is a must at Robin Cowan FC. And a reminder, we're on Jack Radio every Friday at four o'clock. But first... Saw you couldn't leave. Thank you, producer Abby, for that one. It's oh, uh, Abby. a slightly poor one, <laughs> oh, but there we go. I think there's a better one coming as well. Well, Stay the transfer tuned. window, girls uh, slammed shut last week. Other cliches are available. Any other transfer window closing cliches for me? No, I don't like to That's do them the anymore. One. We've okay. had them knocked out of us, Robin and I. Beaten out of us. I've been stood <laughs> off here on the show for that one. Uh, not everyone got what they wanted out of the window, did they? Christian Eriksen did, though. But I want to focus on those players who didn't quite find a way from one club to the other, from those priced out of the market to those bargain basement ballers left on the reduced shelves in football supermarkets forever. Ouch. <laughs> Lindsay Hooper. Uh, let's start then with uh, with a player that is every single transfer window supposedly leaving this club. Okay. The club is Crystal Palace. The player is Wilfred Zahar. Of course. He's just changed agent, which would in- infer that maybe, although they've hung-, hung on to him for the rest of this season, that the summer is going to be an interesting time. I would imagine that they're getting their ducks in a row for that. This is a player that has now publicly said he wants out... He's knuckled down and got on with things at Crystal Palace, but he, he is wanting to move on. And the main thing that he's spoken about is he wants European football. And really, as one of the, if not the best winger in the Premier League, deserves it. So you can see why I think Chris Wilder's another another manager that's come out this week praising Wilfred Zahar and the way that he plays. So Steve Parrish could get big bucks in the summer. It hasn't happened in January. He's staying put. I spoke to Andros Townsend yesterday at this Heads Up campaign about this very issue. And he, he said, we laugh because every single transfer window he is spoken about. Mm. And everyone says, does it disrupt the dressing room? Well, you know what? No, it doesn't because we're so used to it. And Wolf is such a great guy. And he, the one thing that I have 
in, in bucket loads for him is the respect that when things don't happen for him, he still gets on and he plays football and he, and he manages to, to do well. I think there was a few issues, wasn't there, at the start of the season, wasn't there, because he was so disappointed. I think it was Everton, wasn't it? They yeah. ended up getting Alex Awobi. It's interesting that you say it just happens every single time, so they're just used to it. But it must be exhausting. Yes, it definitely must play Especially on your mind. Especially for Roy Hodgson. He's asked every single yes, press conference, totally. basically. <laughs> and also, he's clearly an ambitious player who wants to get on. So who's blocking this? Is it a financial thing? Is it that, that the right club hasn't come yeah, in Yeah, but you can't yet? have short memories. Crystal Palace, his boyhood club, they came back to rescue him when it didn't it work did, out at Man fair. United. And so I have a, an element of sympathy for them too. You want to hold on to that sort of player as long as you can. They're probably coming towards the end. Yeah. Mm. Um, Olivier Giroud is a great example of this topic. He's the one that we thought of first, obviously. Um, football's worst kept secret, how much he wants to not be at Chelsea right now. Not played for the club since November. Lampard, well, he, he seemingly didn't want to let him go in January, which is a bit odd, almost like he's trying to teach him a very expensive lesson. But for me, you know, if he's not playing for your side, just get rid of him, take the money, get rid. And it, it's almost... From what Frank Lampard said, and it's kind of words like that he supports Ollie, as he calls him, but there has to be a balance between the personalities in his side and the different options everyone can offer. And that, to me, feels a bit guarded. Robin, um, we asked you to have a look lower down the leagues, actually, if you've got a few to come up with. Yeah, well, there was a couple, especially uh, speaking about Crystal Palace earlier on, and this one didn't go through right at the 11th hour. Nathan Ferguson, a really highly rated fullback from West Bromwich Albion, he failed his medical actually because he does need knee surgery. It's right. not something that's going to be long term, but he does need it. And the Palace medical staff clearly felt that actually we're not going to go for this in January, even though I think the reports were that West Brom said that they would actually lower the, the price. Yeah. Crystal Palace lost Aaron Wambasaka, didn't they, in the summer? They need a new fullback. And actually, the fallout from this is that there's been loads of reports over this last week that Roy Hodgson is really not happy and is considering yeah. his position and he may not be there next season which would be a massive shame because he's done an incredible yeah. job um, at Crystal Palace one from me uh, from Oxford United Will Grigg so we uh, oh, I, Will Grigg I know again a bit like Olivier Giroud he's just not playing for Sunderland he's getting sub appearances and it just hasn't worked for him he signed for Sunderland last January from Wigan, where he was absolutely banging them in. Mm. And everyone thought, well, this is a great signing. He's going to you know, take Sunderland to the next level. It's just not happened. And I did the press conference for BBC Radio Oxford just before the transfer window. And Carl Robinson said, I want Will Grigg. But in the same sentence, he immediately said, it's not going to happen because <laughs> Sunderland are a league, fellow League One side yeah. trying to go for promotion. So he said, if I was them... I wouldn't sell them, sell him to me either. So it was a bit pie in the sky. <laughs> but so that was the sort of player that Carl Robinson wanted in the end. I wish we had two of the Oxford United players who did go yeah. on transfer deadline day. I wish this was in this topic that that didn't happen. Yeah. But unfortunately, Tarek Fossu and Shandon Baptiste, two of our best players. <laughs> Robin, we are we are with you all the way on that one. Someone I wanted to throw in as well, Linz, just while we're throwing a few names around. Mesut Ozil, you'll know very well from you know following Arsenal closely with your um, various various hundred and one football jobs that you do. Um, <laughs> so, well, you know, talking about players who are subject to an offer, we hear that he that there was an offer from a club in Qatar for him. Arsenal were prepared to listen. Arteta was willing to approve it. Ozil was open to it as well. Um, but it didn't happen. Um, Rumours that Arsenal were the ones who pulled out of the deal. Of course, Ozil then went on to play at Burnley on Sunday and was withdrawn after 63 ineffective minutes. You know, again, one of those players where you just think he's got to go. He's got to be given a move. My other is the jaw-dropping moment from the whole of the January transfer window. And you know which one I'm talking about. I'm looking at you both. Richarlison. <laughs> Barcelona coming in. Oh, 100 million euros. moment of all the transfer windows? Yeah, but it was jaw-dropping. It actually stopped me in my tracks. I was walking and I stopped because I went, what? This has flashed up on my phone. This can't be true. Um, and if you're Richarlison, you must be thinking whoa, this is a bit too good to be true. Um, Surely it was too good to be true though, right? Well, no, it was a genuine offer apparently. I don't know whether it was. There are I think rumors. Carlo Ancelotti actually said that there wasn't really. Because yeah, Barcelona I... at the moment have been linked with pretty much every strike. Was it Willian as well? A forward player because Luis Anyone Suarez going. is injured, isn't he? Yeah. So it's uh, there have been some very strange names thrown up for Barcelona. I think it was a ghost bid. 
I think <laughs> it was agent talk. Well, actually, there's a piece in The Athletic today about it as well. And I basically think neither club knew about that. So whoever came up with that has obviously got, you know, a good idea about getting a story in a paper, whether whether it was agent led or not. But because it, it, because it was such a disparity between what... <laughs> Well, it's been paid for him, and then what the offer was. Well, look. Either way, if you're a charlatan, you're thinking, "Wow, mm. you know that to be talked about in those in those circumstances." Barcelona, one of the biggest clubs in the world, and he he's actually starting to come on. I think leaps and bounds under Ancelotti. Yeah, he is. And maybe this isn't a deal that's so far on the horizon. No, I actually think the the comments on it were a bit harsh. He's a good player. He's a very good player. He's yeah. still very young. He's 22 years old and he's he's not a striker. So obviously he's not prolific. He's he's a really good, excellent prospect. He obviously yeah. at Watford he damaged his reputation a bit, didn't he? Because he kind of went off with his you know his friend Marco, Marco Silva. Silva. Into the sunset. <laughs> exactly. When that and that hasn't worked out too well. But uh, <laughs> I think actually uh, that was a bit of a yeah, a bit harsh, the comments about Richarlison. I think because he also went for a massive price tag from Watford to Everton, didn't he? He was £45 million, I want to ask you, uh, as, a, as a Wolves fan, mm-hmm. Lindsay, Bright Enabakari, who was supposed to go to Birmingham, mm-hmm. and he's just going to basically sit on the sidelines, isn't he, for the rest well, of the season? Yeah, that's true. And if we're talking Wolves as well, Ryan Bennett going to Leicester City. That was a surprise. That did surprise me because I don't that's think we've rival, got that it? much depth. And in, it's strengthening a rival yeah, almost, yeah, isn't it? yeah. I'm going to throw one more in very quickly before we have to move on, unless anyone's got any more for me. Just a player that we heard loads about and now we know not much about at all. Jordan Ive went from Liverpool to Bournemouth. Of course, he was signed for Liverpool from Wickham Wanderers, was the big prospect, basically. And and, and he did play well for Liverpool during certain periods. He was touted as the next Sterling. Didn't happen for him, though, and he moved to Bournemouth in what was at the time a club record fee of 15 million quid. It was a lot of money. And although he's played for Bournemouth 76 times, he's only scored three goals. And this season, most notably, I think only made a couple of appearances from the subs bench. So Jordan Ibe really um, has to, and the club, I'm sure, are interested in a move away from him. I think his contract ends at the end of this season as well. In 2013, when I was working at Liverpool Football Club, he was the player Mm. that they were talking about. At Melwood, it was just this is the player that's going to go on to go into the first team yeah, to do absolutely. all these wonderful things. There were high hopes, very high hopes. Well, Dominic Solanke as well. He's not delivered yet. Still have hopes that he might do for Bournemouth. The other one was Josh King. Didn't he mm. think he was going to Manchester United? I just wonder how he's feeling. Yes. Yeah, he did. And he's he's a Manchester United fan as well, isn't yeah. he? Well, they'll be confined to the uh, football basements, benches, supermarket bargain shelves for a little while longer until they get their chance again in the summer. Let's wrap up that one then and move on. If you think 80 million's a bargain or 100 million euros, Kate... I want to be in your world. Your circle. Yeah. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing. Uh, okay, so that's our little uh, transfers wrapped up. Next, we're going to build our own stadium. This is the Offside Rule with Kate Borsay, Lindsay Hooper, and Robin Cowan. Topic two, your peanut butter build me a stadium. Abby, that was awful. <laughs> You've just heard, by the way, peanut butter jelly by Galantis, in case you were wondering about the slightly <laughs> off-the-wall music choice. OK, well, this is inspired by David Beckham as his building is into Miami home. So therefore, I'd like you both to come up with the vital facilities. What are the must-have facilities? And you can dream big here. I mean, if you've got a budget like David Beckham, we can pretty much allow you anything in your own self-made stadia. Robin Cowan, you're, you, you're looking very excited about this prospect. Yeah, I've been having a big think about this and I've thought about the things that really annoy me about yes, stadiums. Because you visited, well, hundreds between Many. You. Being stuck in the car park is the main thing, isn't it, when you're trying yes. to get away, right? What do you suggest? Jetpacks. <laughs> Yeah, you what said about, to you said to what? dream big. For cars. Dream big. Well, everyone yeah. can have one. Or you know, <laughs> if, if you're if you're using public transport, you're not driving. You can just hire a jetpack, a bit like in the sort of Boris bike type thing, and just <laughs> soar over everyone. The only thing is, what if everyone does that, and then it'll just be and like be traffic in the sky? We would <laughs> need air traffic thing. control. Yes, yeah. exactly. So that was the, the big thing. The other, I do, I, I actually do really like this idea of sorting out the transport issue in and out of the club. So I'm going to think on that for a minute whilst you mm. tell me what's next. Well, the other thing is food is the big thing, isn't it? Um, I love in America that there are people just up and down the aisles, you know 
saying, oh, do you want a beer? Do you want a hot dog? We'll come to you. And I like to think that we could do that here with the sort of, you know, in the Weatherspoons, don't, can't you, we can order from your seat, can't you, in an app? Can I'm you? Thinking, can you, Robin? Apparently so. <laughs> I'm not a big frequenter to Weatherspoons anymore, I've got to say. But I like to think if you they, sit in your seat. They do that in Japan as well. Yes, please. <laughs> That's bring what beers I want. to your seat. You put your seat into an app and order what you want, and then, hey, presto, oh. delivered straight I to you. I wonder whether we could nick some of the technology at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, because I bet there's going to be experiences like that mm-hmm. there, isn't there? Kind of a whole AI, VR experience behind watching sport. I'm still thinking about parking and getting in and out of football grounds. Uh, more women's toilets, please. Yes, mm-hmm. and women's toilets that are you know, clean, (laughs) maybe. Just a small request. I've been in a few. Flooding's an issue often. Uh, Folks, you'd think that was a a given, a nice, clean female toilet, but it's not. I've got to say, in terms of a press perspective, Crystal Palace, although it has its problems for viewing and stuff, because you're usually sitting in front of a pillar, aren't you? (laughs) Crystal Palace's press box. They have a toilet in the press box. I call it the ensuite. It's brilliant. I love it. Um, they, I, I've been stuck in a Crystal Palace toilet, by the way, before. Not, really? not to do with the media. No. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it sort of goes down in one of those experiences, which is sort of scarred my football outings. Being stuck in a, in a toilet at Crystal Palace, there was sort of semi, semi outsidey ones, and they weren't very nice at all. Yeesh. I can still smell, still smell it. Oh no! Oh, can I go wacky and off the wall? Yes, please. So anyone, uh, I try and keep this to myself but I have a bit of a crisp addiction I love crisps which ones? everyone to be honest you must have a favourite I don't know I mean I love frazzles they'd be up there yeah old school what's it for me? To be honest, kettle chips, anything really I just just love any crisps so I'd like a crisp counter but just every variety that you could imagine a crisp and mix a crisp and mix I'd love that and you could just weigh out your different bits of crisps yeah you can have whatever you want would you mind mixing because I get upset no I can't mix flavours exactly I get really upset a salt and vinegar bag a cheese and onion bag Mm. um, bacon bag you know Mm. that sort of thing so I'd have a crisp counter Another thing that I want is fancy dress because the, my team, this is my stadium, I want people to have the time of their lives. You come and support my football team, Hoops 11, and you have a ball. I'm talking Knights of the Realm. We'll do Disney characters one week and there will be a fancy dress stall that will be handed as you come through the turnstiles, yeah. an outfit, and you all will be matching. I'm for one that of those match. people that hates the idea of fancy dress but quite enjoy it, but quite but you enjoys hate the it idea, when I'm forced to do yes, it. Yes, exactly. I hate the idea when you have to source it yourself but this is all going to be sourced for you so you just come through nice. you get something that fits I think if everyone's doing it too it's it's slightly easier isn't okay it? quick straw poll if you could be any disney character at oh. Lindsay's stadium in your fancy dress which oh. outfit would you request from the store teller little mermaid i'd be the little oh my mermaid. god but really hard to walk <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be anywhere <laughs> what if you get yeah celebration's gonna be difficult rolling down the aisles <laughs> my legs away yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Just trying to think. Maybe Baloo <laughs> from Jungle Book. <laughs> okay. He's pretty cool. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd, I just would go full princess. I'd, I'd basically go Aurora or something. I'd, I'd, I'd just because I'd have to go with it, right? Even though I'm not a massive princess person, I just I'd have to go. And then I'd annoy everyone as I was walking down the stairs and with, with my big hoop skirt bashing into everyone, <laughs> big, the big wig and. It depends sparkles. what time of year, doesn't it? If it's in the yes. dent of winter. In the dead of winter, that might uh, cause a few problems. A few it does. So if you win at the home match, because money's no object, I'm having a retractable pitch. But more modern than what we've got now. You know, it okay. retracts quite quickly. A little bit like a retractable roof at Wimbledon. And if you win, a big disco ball drops from the oh from goodness. the roof and we wow. turn it into a huge party. Everyone but on the only pitch. on home wins. Yeah, and the players stay... The manager stays. It's a sort of organised pitch invasion. Though. Yes. Love it. Yeah. I love that. Uh, that is quite terrific indeed. I've got a suggestion for getting in and out of ground. You could build Please. your ground in the middle of the ocean and so people have to boat in or out with regular boat services or just swim. Just swim backwards and mm-hmm. forwards because there'd be enough room for everyone swimming, wouldn't there? This sounds like a lot of hassle. to get out. Um, I'd like if you to- can't be bothered with fancy dress, can you be bothered drying your hair? Well, you know, it's all part of the match day experience. Perhaps we'll put in those express dryers, the whole body dryer things. <laughs> Hair straighteners, please, um, as I'd well. like heated seats, oh, just yes, that's as a given. A given. Yes, yeah. And in summer, I don't want plastic seats because they're the... that your thighs get stuck to. Yes. 
Do you know what I mean? And then your thighs are all wet and sticky and they're up to a seat. So I'd like some solution to that. And then I'd like childcare or a creche, please. So that us mums and dads can go and watch football absolutely whenever we want without having to worry about it. As a reporter, we are very privileged as well that we get a monitor. So one of the things that when I'm pitch side, I get commentary for the match, which I, I I was thinking about introducing that and rolling it out for everyone, but I don't think everyone would want it because you want to be in the moment, you want to be part of the, the chants that are going on in the stadium. So we won't do that, but the monitor would be very ha- handy for everyone. So if there was a, a VAR decision or a replay oh or something... Oh my God, but that's like a thousand referees sitting in the oh, crowd. There was a big intake of breath from Robin. She just does yeah. not I'm just, not I'm just imagining a riot. That's yeah. all. And I can also imagine angry fans punching them too. Sorry, but I can, like, you know, like literally. Well, there you go. Some great suggestions there with our imaginary and fanciful stadiums now up in place. Next up, we're getting dippy. This is the Offside Rule from Muddy Knees Media. Okay, so let's head to Desert Island Dips. Now, when Lindsay Hooper suggested this topic, both producer Abby and I thought she was absolutely nuts. Peanuts, butternuts sort of thing. But it makes a lot of sense when you consider how condiments relate to football. And joining us here in the studio from Desert Island Dips, it's a podcast, Emily Elias. Welcome. Emily. Now, Emily and I have got another football connection because we worked on the Women's World Cup together and she was the producer for Canada. She knows Christine Sinclair up and close. (gasps) The legend Christine Sinclair. Absolutely, just passed that goal-scoring record. Linda's already excited about this, by the way. I'm just sat opposite here in the studio. She's got a little cheeky grin on her face. Her eyes are all sparkly and excited. I haven't seen Emily for ages. And now I'm having to talk to her on a podcast first before saying hi. So, Emily, tell us about Desert Island Dips quickly. So, it's a podcast that is all about condiments. We look at the hidden history of the things that are lurking on your table. I think we kind of take it for granted that ketchup, brown sauce... They have their own unique history <laughs> to it. such levels of passion. And so if you are ever curious, we've got, I think, about 40 different condiments that we've covered so far. Everything from curry sauce to sriracha to vinegar, which is why I'm here today to talk to you guys about football's link to vinegar. So this is interesting. OK. Wow. So tell us, what on earth has vinegar to do with football? A lot. Huge. (laughs) Huge. I don't think you could have football culture without vinegar. What? Maybe. That's a really big exaggeration. But I think that is a a claim. It's a big call. It's a big call. (laughs) Somebody can call me out on Twitter for that one. Uh, So I think we're all familiar with Sarsons as the sort of vinegar brand du jour for the United Kingdom. But before Sarsons, there was a vinegar family called the Belfoy family. And they are an incredible family. They've done actually a lot for British British society. They were the people who first supplied the British Navy with vinegar. So as sailors were going off on ships in 1756, they had their Beaufoy family vinegar with them. And they have done a lot of things like introduced the Children's Society. They were the family that sort of brought that in. They found homes for nearly 3,000 children. There was an MP. His name was Mark Hanfoy Belfoy, and he's the guy that we're talking about today. He was actually one who supported the introduction of the eight-hour workday. Oh, was he? We've got him to thank. (laughs) Thanks very much. I know exactly where you're going with this because I I went to a Victorian museum with my daughter the other week (laughs) and this came up in conversation. (laughs) And you were paying attention. No, honestly, it's a great story. Carry on. So the best bit of trivia about him is while he became an 8P in 1889, in 1879, 10 years previous to that, he was also an amateur football player. And he played in the FA Cup final against the Old Etonians and the Clapham Rovers. Ah. Wow. I know this is a classic game that we're all very well familiar with in our football history. I watched it on YouTube, yeah. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I had a feeling you weren't necessarily familiar with the game. So I dug out a copy of The Times from 1879. (laughs) That's how dedicated I am to this podcast. Levels of research are astounding. (laughs) Uh, And would you guys like a little taste of what happened? Yes, So... The Rovers succeeded in holding their own for a second time, despite the most strenuous exertions on the part of Beaufoy. But the wind was at their backs. The old Etonians rallied and, getting the ball to the centre, Goddard ran down the left, finishing up with a capital centre. A sharp scrimmage close to the goal was brought to an end by Clark, who was shot, planted the ball safely between the Rovers' post and gained the only goal scored during the match. Oh. 
dramatic. Did they give out vinegar sachets at the end or would they not have sachets no, back then? there wouldn't have been no. sachets, but I'm sure that in the crowd, in the stands, it was all being supplied by Beaufoy vinegar. Wow. And so Mark Beaufoy, he's our vinegar connection to football and the FA Cup. Do you know, can I, can I add, add, add a quick aside in here? Football became really, really big in England when, and it's to do with the eight-hour day, but it's also to do with the fact that um, if you worked in a factory, you had to finish by three o'clock or perhaps two o'clock on a Saturday. So in other words, you weren't allowed to work seven days a week. And if you worked on a Saturday, you had to finish, I think it's two o'clock, in order for the three o'clock kickoffs to become a thing. Because, of course, all of these Victorian workers had loads of free time on their hands because they weren't allowed to work. And then football, started off by a lot of churches, became really, really big and that's how the football thing exploded because suddenly a huge amount of the workforce needed something to do on a Saturday afternoon. And that's the three o'clock kickoff time. That I believe that that's where the three o'clock kickoff time comes from as well. So that's really interesting. So so vinegar and football and a very interesting link through vinegar. I wonder what happened to the Belfoys. Any ideas? They died. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if they were still alive. Pretty much. Remarkable. Um, well, happened. Well, I guess what happened to them is back in the old Blitz, uh, the vinegar factory was where um, IMAX is on the South Bank, and it was heavily bombed. Uh, George Belfoy was taking over the family business at the time, and he actually died in the factory um, Ooh, during uh, the war. That's a bit and tragic. It's very tragic. And they were a really big employer in the area. They obviously were doing lots of good deeds, helping, um, giving grants to poor children to get them into schools and, and all sorts of great stuff. But... That kind of was the end of the business. Oh. Um, relish. Relish. A, a story to relish, I think, nice. is, is the way oh. to introduce this one. Henderson's relish, in particular. It has to be Henderson's. Henderson's relish. What is Henderson's relish, just for those of us that don't know? So this is, if you're from Yorkshire, you're like probably screaming at the podcast oh, right now that like, this is the greatest thing that's ever existed. But outside of Sheffield, it's not necessarily like very well known. And there's even been fights over Henderson's relish in the Houses of Parliament where an MP, I believe it was Nick Well, I'm, I'm just saying, I wonder, I'm just wondering, is Dean Henderson, Sheffield United's goalkeeper, related? <laughs> I don't know that. We don't know that. Henderson. I mean, that could be a whole new side to this story. I think he's from Manchester, though, is he? No, oh, OK. okay. <laughs> but there have been, like, fights in Parliament over this relish because somebody... One politician who I can't forget or forget the name right now. You think it was Nick Clegg? Maybe. Okay. Oh, but I don't want to besmirch his name in case it's not him. He was a Sheffield MP, actually. But he, I think, mistakenly becoming... called it like Lee and Pairings, or it was like akin to Lee and Pairings. And it is, it is similar, but it is not the same. <laughs> so if you're thinking like viscose condiment liquids that you're putting on a pie, put your headspace in Lee and Pairings, but do not call it Lee and Pairings. Yeah. And it's it, like people that call not- Nottingham Forest Knott's Forest. It's just not to be done. Exactly. So they have an orange label as well. But if you are, say, a Sheffield Wednesday fan or a Sheffield United fan, if you go to the grounds, Henderson's Relish actually makes special bottle labels for them so that they'll be, instead of orange, it'll be blue and white or red and white. So as you're having your pie at the football ground, you can also be loyal to not just your condiment, but to your team and have the appropriate a label on it, which I think is very That's cool. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Very nice. Yeah. Branded. I like it. I like it. those tailored condiments to football clubs. We were having a quick chat about football, food at football stadiums. We've talked about our own football stadiums and how food would be a big deal. I was going to have a crisp counter, Emily. A crisp counter? Yeah, I like crisps. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like crisps? You're mm. an alien if you don't. Yeah. Well, yes, it's very, very true. Do you have a favourite football stadium for food, Emily, or are you just interested to know what our huge years of research visiting football stadiums has come up with? I would love to know what you guys have. I think growing up, I'm obviously not British. I grew up in Canada, and in the prairies, the sort of like football stadium, and I mean American football, so apologies, staple. You can't mix the two. Well, no, so we're, we're going to talk soccer then, haven't we? Yeah, American so, football. Ugh, but oh. An American football, air okay. quotes. It's taco in a bag. Okay. Have you guys ever heard of this? No, it's not particularly appetising. It's really, really good. I so think they, it sounds great. They op- taco in a bag. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they open up like a bag of Doritos and they put in taco meat, sour cream, salsa, cheese, and then you have like a fork and you just sort of like 
Oh, nice. Dig it out. All in the bag. Yeah. That sounds calorific, yeah, though. It's, it's calorific. It's portable. You've got all your wonderful condiments inside. It is <laughs> a delicious treat. Well, I'm glad that, that condiments is part of this discussion because just for you, Emily, I have bought in what Belgium have as their main staple at football. I've not actually watched yet a football match in Belgium. Have you, Robin Cowan? No, Have no. Have you, Kate? Neither they? me. They like mayo, don't they? Mayo and chips. It's and that the... Fritz mayonnaise. Yes, yes you are Lovely. spot on. And that is what they use to eat during football matches. The average Belgian citizen consumes, according to a website I found, 75 kilograms of fried potatoes every year. Respect. <gasps> well, I want to give a big shout for my local club, Dulwich Hamlet, who serve pulled pork burgers. They have veggie and vegan food there as well. Lots of pop-up stands. Bratwurst. You can also buy their really good food. And of course, because it's a lower league side, you can buy your beer from the bar and go straight up to the sidelines with it. Always awesome. And I don't know if if you remember this or certainly Liverpool fans will, that they used to be McDonald's inside Anfield. What? So this was opened in 1995 because um, McDonald's basically paid for a load of the redevelopment of the COP grandstand. And um, part of the deal was that there would be a McDonald's inside Anfield and it remained there until 2003 because, of course, it was massively busy on match days oh, but, but couldn't, a roaring sustain, train. <laughs> couldn't sustain the business otherwise. Although, of course, they had plenty of business from Jason McAteer, McAteer and Steve McManaman. Ha nice. ha ha. Um, but yes, bizarre, bizarre. When you when you kind of think about it now, bizarre that there was a whole McDonald's inside Anfield. When this topic came up, I just my mind came back to. Do you remember they every year they do a price of football, don't they? And how much a pie is, etc. And Kidderminster Harriers a few years ago came out as the most expensive pie, four pounds fifty. But it's a proper cottage pie yes. in a little container and I haven't partaken myself but apparently it is worth every single penny it's called the Agborough Agborough pie in, at Kidderminster Harriers oh, and it's really famous. That sounds mm. very very tasteful. Well look we've learnt a lot about football and condiments and the different relationships long-standing relationships between the two. Emily Elias thank you very much for joining us on the Offside Rule. Thank you Emily. Here in the studio we're going to move on to a bit of any other business. <laughs> All right, any other business? If you've listened to um, the Totally Football League show this week, you will have had this in spades. But for those outside that particular world, um, there's a reason, isn't there, Robin Cowan, why West Brom uh, have warned Newcastle fans that their upcoming FA Cup clash fifth round is going to be a windmill-free <laughs> zone. Um, yeah. It comes after a fan's particular celebration. Just tell us a little bit more. Well, I'm not sure how much I can tell you, really. It's all over Twitter. With the game poised at two all, heading for penalties, Newcastle scored what turned out to be the winner. And the camera cut to the crowd. And a Newcastle fan, you know, they're usually known for... They like to... They don't like to cover up, do they? They don't have coats. Mm, They're famous for being very hardy. They don't usually whip things out, though. No. Um, This uh, took it a bit too far. Yes. uh, A certain member of the crowd um, decided it was a great idea to celebrate in a particular way by getting his appendage out Mm. and uh, doing what's known as the windmill. I just wonder whether West Brom have made things worse now. Yeah. Um, oh no! Who knows? There's going to be, be lots like, of windmills. Yeah, well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, there's going to be a bit of um, copycats, probably. Robin Cowan, what any other business have you got? Well, I have a lot of problems with what happened at Anfield on Tuesday, Liverpool against Shrewsbury. But putting that aside, because we don't have much time, do we? James Milner, who for went his winter break, basically yes. everyone else is sunning themselves, aren't they, in Dubai, etc. He was there. Apparently, he trained with the team. He gave a little team talk beforehand. I didn't think I could like him anymore, but it just keeps going up Amazing. and up in my, exti- in my estimation. Yeah, he's, he's almost godlike. It would almost be difficult to be in a team with him because whatever you did would be outshone by his just general all-round amazingness and good chap ability. Uh, the fact that he can laugh at himself as well with the, the whole boring James Mil- Milner account. and He, he has to go he with actually it, takes he? it in good humour, yeah. yeah. Um, let's just talk about summer transfer window because breaking news whilst we've been recording this podcast, it is now going to be reverting back to ending in September. So as I think we discussed earlier before coming in and and realising, Robin, that this was going to happen, it felt very much like 
we could potentially, by changing, make the whole of Europe follow us. But they didn't, so we thought, right, OK, we'll revert to Thai. <laughs> that was the thing, wasn't it? Everyone, come on, we're, we're all doing this. And they went, no. It's a bit like England bidding for the World Cup uh, a few years ago and thinking everyone would follow us and then it just all went wrong. No one did. We didn't We didn't win. We didn't even get up for the bid. Uh, so, yes, uh, Premier League, uh, perhaps not quite as much power as they thought, but also it makes good sense, doesn't it, to switch it back, I think, anyway. Um, finally, Liverpool's Alison Becker doesn't just make saves and goal. He's also set about saving people from the football world, from their sins too. Don't know if you've seen this. Man United player Fred's wife, she's the latest to be baptised in Becker's basement swimming pool. Becker's blessings also involve his wife, Natalia. Pop onto Instagram. You can see a couple of videos. There's also another one by Roberta Firmino, who's also been dunked in in Alison Becker's swimming pool. This is an actual thing. He's got a side hustle. He's got a side hustle baptising people, basically. <laughs> they all got he a bit He is a teary. devout Christian. Yes, yeah. it got pretty emosh, uh, according to the video, which was overlaid. And they, they actually have kind of kind of live music as well in on a couple of clips I've seen. Quite good music, actually. Even made me a bit kind of feel like I might have to be baptised just to be part of the general experience. But yeah, if you are wanting to be baptised in the Liverpool area, uh, perhaps you want to look up the uh, credentials of Alison Becker. And interesting fact to add on the end, he's now baptised, him him and his wife, two people, Firmino and Fred's wife. That means this year, 2020, he's baptised more people than he's let in goals. Wow. All right, that's it for another week. Uh, remember, we'll be back with the WSL show on Yay. Monday, by the yes. way. Yay! Thank you very much to Football Manager for supporting us. And do you know what? If you haven't checked out that show, please do, because you get game-by-game breakdown. You get former Lionesses, current England internationals, current players, managers, lots of very, very important, worthy people involved with the game uh, and some great football journalists as well. So do tune into that. It's on its own feed on iTunes and Audio Boom and all the rest. Until then, you can keep in touch with us on our social media at Offside Rule Pod and via our website. And you can leave a five-star review on iTunes. We've had quite a lot come in because of all the, the publicity around us. Uh, not now stopping the WSL edition so we'd love to get more so if you do enjoy the show please leave us a review that would be incredible it will help us climb the charts yeah please hit the subscribe button as well of course it's really important when you're small podcasting people like us who've been doing it a long time to get that support is really really crucial so yeah pop on and give us um, a like and a subscribe and all the rest of it on iTunes please do Um, our website by the way offsideworldpodcast.com to check out some great footballing content Lindsay Robin listeners will be back next week the Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddykneesmedia.com. Hello, listeners. I'm Caroline Barker, host of the Totally Football League show. I'm joined each week by Sam Parkin. Say hello, Sam. Hi, Caroline. By Adrian Clark. Say hello, Adrian. Hello. And the Bolton Wanderers fan too. Not Adrian, but Joe Criddy. Looking forward to League Two? Yes. Each week we go headfirst into the EFL to bring you the latest from the pitches to the next crisis to whatever Ian Holloway has said now. From Leeds to Luton, Sunderland to Plymouth, Swindon to Stevenage and everything in between. If it's the EFL you want, we've got you covered. Haven't we, Ollie? Just a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. <laughs> Your guess is as good as ours. That's the Totally Football League show out every Wednesday. In the most delightful way. It's brilliant. I just love it. Muddy News Media.